0: crossing route. Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet, inside the 10. Todd Gurley
3: making his case for MVP. Rams sideline across the field from us, erupts in celebration, and so the playoffs are coming back to LA, this January at the Coliseum, we not me versus the NFC,
1: and for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio, this is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, with our post-game edition of Rams Talk Radio, hey buddy, how you doing? Great, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling a little bit better after watching that game and getting some insight and some players we're going to talk about today. And I'm just ready to talk some football. I don't know about you. I'm ready for some real football. But yeah, let's let's get let's go. Let's talk about uh, it. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Before we do, folks, a couple of things, a couple of the logistics out there. iTunes, we can really use some of those wonderful reviews out there. Five-star review on iTunes. will And you enter into a contest that we've had, I think, since the dawn of time, where you can gain a $50 gift certificate to, that's right, NFLShop.com and get some RAM stuff. Also, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Android, Player FM, pretty much everywhere. Also, I have a challenge for you this week. If you listen to us on the iebeatradio.com, please email us and let you know what you think of the show. Because we haven't heard from anybody. Have you? No. Have you heard from anybody? See, we'd like to know that we have some actual listeners out there. We, we we have numbers, but we want, you know, we want to hear from you, okay? Um, so there you go. Also, this just happened today. It's you know, because these are football fans, we want to acknowledge that we do want to send our thoughts and prayers to those who were Involved in the mass shooting today at the Madden tournament in Jacksonville. These folks love gaming and they love football. They didn't deserve to go through this, so we're going to observe a moment of silence for these football fans who uh, went through this horrible thing today. Okay, so there is a lot for us to munch on. The Rams won 21-20, thanks in part to the Texas decision to go for two after the touchdown. Then our defense holds. Late secure win. Before we get to it, well, I'm just going to send out a thanks to our sponsor, Jim Hawk, who, by the way, I we got we just got an email. Norm, we got an email from the the man Don, who won the tickets for uh for Jim Hawk okay. for the game. And he was just totally appreciative of of what we did and what Jim Hawk did. Jim sent him four tickets, not two. Also sent him a copy of the book. And he was just in uh, there on 35 yard line. So it was really an awesome thing. We have great, we have a great sponsor. Yeah, he's been there for us this year and Really pushed for us and supports the Rams fan base overall. And so, folks, if you have a chance to buy his book, and we are giving some away, hook him up because it's a great story. If you want to a little more about the Rams' history, a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks: Hollywood Team, Grit, Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953. To 1957. Check out this son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, Les Richter, all these guys. In this story, spent in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollywoodsteam. It's also available in both hardback and in electronic format, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Last time I talked to Jim, he also mentioned it'll be on paperback soon. If If you enjoy Rams history, and if you really enjoy personal stories about Rams history, this is the book to get. Check it out, folks. It's Hollywood's Teen, Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Okay, finally, into the game itself. All the logistics are out of the way. Norm, before I get into my thoughts, and I did write an article about it, what were your thoughts? What did you see in the game?
3: <clears throat> well, at first I was like, uh, great. Now I got to go do a podcast with Derek and eat crow on Manion a little bit, but then he started to play a little bit better. So it wasn't quite as bad. He started off horrible and, uh, everything you said he was doing, it was, you know, throwing behind receivers, not looking at his prog- through his progressions. And I was like, Oh God, I'm never going to hear the end of this from Derek. But then, uh once he once he got that touchdown, you know, then he started picking it up and throwing a little bit better. Still not great, but you know, again, he's <laughs> he, he's not the guy we want, but he'll do okay. Uh the defense, the number 1 defense looked great. Still didn't see uh Mark Barron in there, but uh you know, given he'll be ready to go by the first of the season. And uh uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember names here. I'm struggling. Sorry. Uh, this what Rameek Wilson. Actually looked really well. I, I liked his uh, his pursuit angles. I liked how fast he looks on the field and I really think he'll he'll be viable for us this year. Late in the game, I liked the way Micah Kaiser looked. Uh, offensively, note boom had some good moments and bad moments john kelly mm-hmm. john kelly looks like the john kelly we've been talking about and i really think that well i mean he's either gonna replace malcolm brown or he's gonna be an addition to malcolm brown i don't really see him as a number three anymore i kind of see him as a number two with malcolm brown uh change of pace kind of back more so than uh than Brown is so overall I was pretty happy with the performance I mean we came away with a win but you know that doesn't really matter at this point the Texans went for went for two and you know missed a couple field goals and that kind of thing so that that didn't really matter to me but I did like to see the progress uh, in the number twos that I saw and you know a little disappointed that we're not seeing our offensive starters but I understand why you know, with having Havenstein down with a with an ankle and and not playing Sullivan and uh, Whitworth. Yeah. And big wit. You know, I, I can see why you wouldn't want to put your running back and quarterback in there. So overall, I'm, I'm quite pleased with what I saw.
1: And, you know, to me, there's there are a couple of things I think we do want to talk about with the starters, because the Rams are basically starting a new trend in the NFL which is something they've been doing the last couple of years under McVeigh. And so I don't want to let that go. But in terms of, the, of what we saw on the field, I agree on the defense. I thought the defense looked freaking dominant. Jeez, I thought that defense looked outstanding in the short time we saw up there. and Sue just, good Lord, destroyed poor Deshaun Watson, man. Man, I, I – you know, but everybody talks about it. You know, he's a cheap
3: shot artist, and now he put his hand out to help him up. I mean, that was impressive. I was I was surprised by that.
1: I mean, it was a clean hit, too. Sure. It was a clean hit. I also thought that the way we saw coverage, and I, I just I just imagine that defense, I think, may already be one of the top ones in the league. If they, if, if they play like they did against the Texans. Imagine Aaron Donald in there, man. Yeah. I, you know, uh, may change several of my projections. I thought the Rams would probably go 11 and five, 12 and four this year. They're very tough schedule, but that defense is as good as it can be. And then the offense just even halfway decent, just a even if that backtracks a little from last year, I don't see how this team isn't better than they were last year. Overall, I don't see it. Yeah, no, they're,
3: I mean, just the quick glimpse we got of them—they looked really good—and I'm, I'm stoked to see what they do. Uh, start of the season—that's why I'm ready for the season to get here. Uh, by the way, I thought Ethan Westbrook's looked really good too.
1: I thought he did. I thought that overall, in the linebacking core—we've been really worried about that linebacking core. We saw guys hitting gaps pretty well yesterday as well. I'm not. Nearly as worried as I was about those starters. Now, we have to see him playing with the rest of the secondary in the, the defensive line up front, I'm feeling much more confident in this. It's looking like a great year for the Rams. It really is.
3: Well, and it was nice to see Long Anchor back on the field, too. Sure was. Sure was. Hey, what about that
1: interception for Lamarcus Joyner?
3: Yeah. Well, that was partially Lamarcus Joyner and partially Sue.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> we talked about the first part of it, but that interception was nice. Yeah. And right away, of course, some of the negative nellies on, on Twitter and folks, I'm not knocking them. don't get me wrong. The first comment we get is, well, the Rams won't pay him, but they'll pay half this time. Well, how do you know they're not going to pay him? Right. How do you know? See, that's the thing that really bothers me. And I kind of want to say this a little bit later for the podcast when it talks about talking about some of these front office decisions. There are so many assumptions being made about how the Rams are paying people and how they're paying this person and paying that person. We don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. We really don't. And if anything about the news cycle has you know, has been taught to us over the last two years, we found I, I I'm not I don't don't beat the messenger here. There's a lot of fake news out there, and I'm not talking about just you know I'm not signaling out politics, but overall there are a lot of erroneous reports. There's a reason why people like. I hate to say, it, Jason Lock and Fora have a poor reputation, like some of these other outlets. Pro Football Talk is iffy sometimes because we don't really know what we're getting, and so I'm not so sure we can count on reports to talk about contracts. But, anyways, moving, I went off, I went off the rails a little bit. I just liked what I saw in Lamarcus Joyner in the rest of the secondary as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, Joyner, honestly, the way that ball was thrown. Uh, you know, he can talk about wanting to get paid and stuff, but uh, any any safety could have done that. I mean, the ball was way high in the air. It wasn't that great of coverage. I was more impressed with the Sam Shields interception where he jumped yeah. the route. And actually, he actually ran the route the receiver was supposed to run in front of the receiver. So I was way more impressed by that. And, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> Joiner's getting paid this year. He's 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 on the franchise deal. So you know, shut up already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, but, I mean, I think but, you're underselling his interception a bit. He went up and got that thing. He's flipping over his back to get it. That was yeah. a very athletic play to make, and uh, that's okay. what I liked about it. I like the I, acrobatics of the whole thing.
3: I can agree to disagree with you. That's okay. Uh, I, I again, the Sam Shields interception was far better.
1: I mean, I I'm not disagreeing on. The actual technique of the position play, I'm just saying, overall, the athleticism he showed was pretty impressive. And Sam Shields, man, did he look good yesterday, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He looked great. And that interception
3: was all him. I mean, he, you know, LaMarcus Joyner played center field. I mean, he had a fly ball coming at him, where Sam Shields jumped the route, and, you know, he really impressed me on that play. And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more of Sam Shields during the regular season. I was very happy to see that. Oh, I think
1: we will. I think that secondary, I, I said before, I made an argument for it before, this might be the deepest secondary in the last 20, 25 years of, of NFL football. Right. Okay, you mentioned Sean Mannion. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to beat your head over it, dude, because I think everybody sees a quarterback differently. I think what really kind of stood out for me in this game was – Again, some of the things we mentioned before, but I don't understand how a guy who's six foot six can get a ball knocked down the line. Yeah, that bothers me, and I it, it bothers me. I saw him make a couple really nice throws. Matter of fact, the the interception, that ball—if you saw where the ball was going, it was going to the receiver's hands. The problem was he didn't see the coverage, and that's what bothers me.
3: Well, the, the corner on that play made an excellent play. He did. He from the sideline. So, I mean, yeah, he threw the interception. He should have saw him. I agree with you on the, the tip balls. Uh, that, that wasn't something he had a ton of in college, and I don't know why. I mean, he even throws heavily overhanded, not even sidearm. And being that tall, throwing overhanded, you would think that wouldn't happen very often. Uh, I will say that as the day went on and as he got more confident he started to look a lot better and so that took a little bit of the nerves away but at the beginning i was just like oh my god now i have to agree with derek he looked like crap but it did get better uh brandon allen actually looked pretty good yesterday you know too and i and i was impressed by him which i haven't really been throughout the year so I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm happy with where we are. I, I don't think you're going to see any ma- major changes at backup quarterback this year, and let's just hope that we don't have to use him.
1: Let's hope. I mean, that's the the whole goal of keeping these guys healthy. Also, back a couple of points you made, John Kelly. I for John Kelly, on, I think it was on a show with you. I I said Malcolm Brown is beyond a shadow of doubt the number two. I don't see anybody passing him. I was wrong. I was wrong. Kelly's performance to me has put him in a position where he's I might like, you say you gave Brown some credit. You're like, well, maybe they'll share the spot. I don't think so. I think Kelly has just been amazing in this in this in this preseason. He's really shown where and Malcolm Brown has had a lot of the same blockers in front of him and done nothing. So I don't I look at this and go, man, the way Kelly's playing, how hard he's playing, that fifteen yard touchdown run where he just goes up the gut, hits somebody, he spins off that guy, that was that's that's a big boy play. So watching that and see what he can do. I really like John Kelly. I like where he's going, he's making this team it's a no brainer. He's not going on practice squad, he's not going anywhere. He's gonna be on this team, he's gonna be playing some he's gonna play some ball.
3: Yeah, don't take this the wrong way. I'm certainly not putting him down for anything. But he hasn't gone against the number one defense yet. So that's the one thing I will say. Malcolm Brown's faced the number ones. There's been, you know, number twos blocking for him against the number one defense. And he's running into walls where when Kelly's been coming in, it's number twos against number twos. So. You know, Malcolm Brown hasn't been able to show everything he can do yet, but and, and we kind of know what he can do. But Kelly hasn't pressed enough, certainly to you know at least I think share some time at that number two. He he may take it over, and I wouldn't have a problem with that the way he's looked. But
1: uh, I mean that that's right. fair. That's a fair argument to make, especially concerning Malcolm Brown not really having that chance to shine behind number one this offseason. I mean this preseason, I do wonder. Since he's a backup, why he wasn't given more time to face off against more number twos unless the Rams really like what Kelly's doing. So that makes me think that Kelly's poor at least even with him.
3: Well, I'm, the other I don't, thing the other thing could be he's been holding out the starters, you know, and not playing him at all. So maybe he wants to, you know, give Brown limited time to keep him healthy too. So there's lots of different ways to flip the script on it. But I again I agree with you in the sense that John Kelly looks great.
1: So, And, and one last thing. I know you mentioned the you know, guy I really liked out there yesterday. Uh, and I know, I know it's my new man crush, Micah Kaiser, man. All, didn't have the tackle numbers, but he was all over the place. He's, and and, he, and, and I, I pulled this up, Pro Football Focus, up in their newsletter this, earlier today. Check this out, quote unquote. Rookie linebacker Micah Kaiser put together his best game in the preseason with his 91.5 overall grade against the Titans. He earned elite grades for both his run defense and his coverage with 90.0 and 90.4, respectively. All five of his tackles were defensive stops, while he's able to force two incompletions in his coverage on four targets as well. Quote unquote. So the major knock on Micah Kaiser entering the draft was his coverage. And we're already seeing massive amounts of improvement is there, is there as well. If this is the case, we have two steals at least from the Strath and John Kelly and Michael Kaiser. Fifth and sixth round.
3: Yeah, I, I thought Michael Kaiser was a steal no matter what. I wasn't sure on John Kelly. Now I can be happy about that too. So, yeah, I agree. They're both steals. I just don't know how... Micah Kaiser's going to look against all the number ones. And that's going to be the case with any of the rookies out there. So it's not a knock on him. It's just, you know, we haven't seen him out there against the best talent yet. And I'd like to see him out there. You can see he's got potential. There was one play in particular where uh, they were focused in on the running play on the TV, which is great. And uh, you could see you could see Kaiser just kind of shuttle down the line and then instantly see the hole that the the running back was going to head to and fill the mm-hmm. hole and, and hit him right in the right, right square as soon as he hit the hole. And that was awesome. When I saw that, I was like, okay, this kid's got great instincts. So, yeah, I'm excited to see Kaiser. Uh, I think we're probably looking at a starting middle linebacker in him in maybe year two or three.
1: And I wouldn't be surprised if it was sooner than that, depending on how things go this year. Yeah, I I just his development thus far has been phenomenal, and so I'm pretty happy with what's been going on. I think at some point here, when things calm down, somewhere in that maybe that 10-day window after Thursday and the Monday night game, I think we want to sit back and talk about how the Rams have drafted under the McVeigh and um, the McVeigh sneed era, because what we're seeing here are two classes that. We're seeing lots and lots of diamonds coming out of the rough here, and it's pretty impressive.
3: I think they did a great job with Noteboom, picking him in the third mm-hmm. round. I mean i I kind of knocked it in the beginning saying, I don't really know much about this guy, but he's shown that he's versatile and you know he's shown he's got potential. He's definitely not starter quality at this moment, but you don't expect that of a third round pick. So overall,
1: but he's on his way.
3: Yeah, overall, I'm really happy you know with what they've done so far. we We saw guys like uh, was it Joseph Day? Mm -hmm. he's he's got impressive moments as well so excuse me i think overall yeah they've done a great job drafting so far
1: so hey you want to give a shout out to sal
3: yeah no let's definitely talk about our sponsor at the golden ram barbershop if you're looking to support one of your own in the orange county area and like the old school barbershop experience check out the golden ram barbershop he's at 13755 golden west street in westminster california 92683 Sal opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day they left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so they know that we sent you there to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. and especially this time of the year, he's closed on Sundays because he's at the games. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia. And he also provides a really great old school barbershop experience, and he'll talk Rams football and football in general and much more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. He He even managed to make both of us look pretty good when we left there. So that's
1: quite a feat in itself. It's more than that, though, too. He turned Johnny Gomez... He turned our Johnny Gomez into Magic Johnny.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh, true.
1: It's that, true. That should get him an Emmy right there. It's true. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you know what you should do when you put the, when you do the edit for this too. By the way, I think you should throw the Magic Johnny music in just for him. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs>
3: But, uh, if y'all met Johnny, you'd understand what we're saying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, no knock on you, Johnny, by the way. (laughs) So John, (laughs) okay. So Norm, where did you take overall from the game?
3: I felt much better after seeing the starting defense out there. At least we got to see some starters for once. And, you know, I'm not knocking McVay for it. I totally understand why he's doing it. Uh, I can see why the league is probably going to start moving that direction but it was nice to get out there and, and be able to see like Sue and her and, and, you know, just get a feel for what what the Rams are going to do. And defense was our weakness last year, even though it wasn't horrible, it was still our weakness. And if if this game was any sign of what's to come, we're going to look really good this year. So I was really happy about that. Uh, We're starting to kind of see who we think is going to make the team and not make the team, which is nice to see. I think we've got some really good talent uh, in the twos and threes. So overall, I was pretty happy about it. As far as McVay not playing the starters, I mean, I know everybody's been ranting about it on Facebook and social media and everything else. If he were to put Gurley out there or he were to put Goff out there and either one of them were, if you haven't noticed, if you look at the little ticker during the game, all the people going out with injuries right now, if if either one of those two were to get hurt and miss four or five games, especially with our backup quarterback situation, are you going to be ranting then? Probably not. So, I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I want to see starters because I want to see football, but I understand why he's doing it and I think it's, I think it's Okay.
1: On my end, what I took from the game was a much more complete performance. I honestly felt that way. It was a complete performance from the Rams in terms of defensively, at times offensively. The running game looks solid. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy to see the stars out there. I'm happy to see development. We've already mentioned Michael Kaiser, but also Ethan Westbrooks, a couple other guys. You know, Sam Shields coming back from injury, looking good. So those little things tell us, all right, all right, we're, we're getting there. This team is coming together. Now, in terms of... The, I think the NFL has a real problem here. It has a real problem, and that is the preseason. At, for a while ago, I don't know if you remember this, it was a few years ago, the Rams... Well, the Rams, the NFL. The NFL wanted to move to 17 games. The union threw a fit. Matter of fact, nobody was for it for 17 regular season games. But... Right now these teams are charging a lot of money to fans to go see a preseason game. And we're seeing this trend to where teams aren't sitting out starters. The Vikings last week lost six games in not six games, six players to injury. That so something has to change with how the preseason is done. If it whether it's reducing it to two weeks or whether it's just dropping prices so fans can afford to go and see some see their teams play when they normally can't see it. I don't know what the actual answer is, but I don't really like how this is going. And you're right though. If you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you're Sean McVay. If he plays the starters and someone gets hurt. He's getting criticized. They're going to want his head. <laughs> yeah. It, and here he is not playing stars. And guess what? There are people who don't like it. And they're criticizing. Right. You cannot win here. And I guess we'll find out in week one. If that offense comes out there and looks off, we're going to go back to the preseason and go, look, look, look. But you know what? I'd rather have one game that is off and 15 games where, this, where these guys are together than Todd Gurley with an ACL in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh,
3: honestly, I've felt for a long time that the NFL should go to two preseason games and no starters. That's it. Just you got you got to have some t- real playing time to to evaluate your talent. So, make the expectations clear to the fans that no starters are going to play unless they unless they want to. You know, unless they want to play a starter or if somebody's on the bubble or something. That's that's fine, but you know, expect no starters to play and do a two-game two preseason. Then that way it gives the teams time to look at their players. Uh, it shortens up the whole, you know, we're, we're all excited when football comes back on TV, but then we got four weeks or five weeks of preseason. And some, for some of us, it doesn't, I mean, I don't, I look at it to evaluate the second and third teamers. I don't look at it to evaluate the first teamers. Yeah, it's good to get them some playing time, sure. But then again, there's that injury risk. So I would much rather just spend a couple of games in the preseason evaluating talent and then move into the regular season. And if it's still 16 games, so be it.
1: I will kind of argue this with you. And I'm not trying to actually debate you on this. I think your idea is a fine idea. I would say instead of two games, I would still keep it at four. And this is why we don't have an NFL Europe anymore. We don't have an NFL developmental league at all. And so you have these players coming up and the only time they really get on the field, the chance to make a team or even develop these draft picks to actually fully develop are in those four preseason games. You'll have quarterbacks who will come in these games and play and then will not play the entire season. So I'm perfectly fine with there being four games because this is how they're going to develop, especially in the case of the Rams. The Rams, for as good as they were last year and as good as they were going to be this year, they still have death issues in certain areas. And to have those four games to work some kinks out, to develop these guys, and really see who you want in your final three-man roster plus practice squad, I think it's perfectly fine to play four games. But here's a caveat. Drop the freaking prices for these players, sorry, for these fans to get in the game, so they can at least still go and enjoy it at a much, much more affordable rate. Right? It's just not right.
3: Yeah, but I, I, I would say that I when I went to the Ravens game and I, I got tickets there, they weren't expensive, and there were seats there that were five bucks. So, it's not like that it was real expensive.
1: But you're getting them in resale, though.
3: No, I got my, my tickets
1: early. From...
3: From Ticketmaster.
1: But that, where's that part of the NFL Ticket Exchange? Like it's, that's usually season ticket holders who put their tickets up and say they want to get rid of room because they're not going to go preseason game.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know that. But I can tell you that there were 50-yard line uh, third-row seats for 100 bucks, right behind the Rams bench. I mean, for preseason, that's not that expensive. Those tickets are going to cost you three, 400 bucks during the season, if not more. So I'll, I'll, I'm not debating it with you either. I'm just saying it's a lot more affordable than may, maybe you think. If you want to go up in
1: the upper deck, 5 bucks a piece. Sure. I mean, I've done it before too. Is those are usually on resale. I'm talking about people being able to straight buy them from the team and not have to worry about resale. Just drop the prices.
3: Yeah, maybe so. Uh, and, and you know, I understand what you're saying. I had a buddy of mine actually ask me why the the NFL doesn't do like a like basketball does with a summer league. You have your draft, and then you have your 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 undrafted free agents. And all that and just go out and do a small five six game You know deal like that. I don't know that you could feel field the field with enough players to do that But it was an interesting idea because it would give football, you know more time on the air But I you know, it's with the injuries and stuff like that. It's not gonna happen So
1: I don't think they I don't think they really can mill summer. It's freaking hot out there You're not playing football down here in North America <laughs> unless you're in Canada, but what really kind of buns me out is the demise of NFL Europe and how it didn't work out because that's a perfect area to, to grow the game, to get people developed, or even going back way back in the 90s, the World League of American Football. That was an attempt that was supposed to be a developmental league for the Rams. Instead, not the Rams, the NFL, and instead it didn't work. Why do they continue to struggle having developmental league to where the preseason is so important? That's something that I would. If, they can fix that. I, that's what I would want to do. And especially, yeah. especially in today's age, where I don't know if you saw the article on Yahoo Sports, it did a whole feature on it where high school players are now starting to walk away from the game for you know various issues, but various reasons. Maybe there's more hope to actually get in the league through a developmental league. Maybe more will come back to. Who knows?
3: Maybe. I was never big on the NFL Europe thing, so you know I'm. I don't have enough information on it to do any debating with you or anything like that. But I mean, I live here in America. I could care less about what goes on in Europe.
1: Well, I'm just using the example of it. It could, it could be a. a developmental league in the United States. It could be a developmental league. You know, one idea that popped in my head and this is crazy would be to invest in the CFL and see if we can work a deal with them to make that to send players up there to develop, to develop. I'm not sure why we haven't done that or if it's ever been talked about before. Maybe there is something going on that I don't even know about, but why not? It would help both leagues. Why not? Those are just thoughts that have come to my mind I don't like that we're just think of Kurt Warner story going through NFL Europe, developing some there there. There can be a lot of great stories out there and more players being developed. And I think the NFL is missing out on that.
3: Yeah. Uh, Again, there's only 16, you know, 16 games in a season. And how many teams are there?
1: 32. Yep. 32. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I mean, there's only so many spots available, anyways. Uh, m- you know, maybe you need to add more teams. Oh lordy, <laughs> uh, uh, this is this is what happens when you when, this is what happens when you open that can of worms. Though is what I'm saying. All these sure, things sure. start to come up. I just I think they could shorten the preseason up some. Uh, if you ask the players, most of them don't want to play it. Not 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 the new players but the starters. Oh, sure.
1: I don't blame them. And that's what I'm really thinking of that. I don't blame the starters for that. I'm thinking of solely the guys who are developmental players who are trying to make it in the league or in I think it helps the teams too to be able to help get these guys more time to get better. That's all. Yeah. A bit yeah. and just to think about them. This is I guess t- you know, later on we can have our podcast on it, but you mentioned expansion. Well where do you, where can you expand? What are some cities out there that are still that that would be good markets, for the NFL. Right. I mean, that's something to think about. There aren't many left. You already have thirty-two teams. Unless you want to go out of the country, go to Europe, and then that's going to be we've talked about before. It's a mess right there.
3: Well, you got the Alaskan walruses,
1: and you, you got the <laughs> Hawaiian
3: volcanoes, and
1: <laughs> well, Alaska won't happen. It wouldn't surprise me if if you know Hawaii happened. It wouldn't surprise me if Portland happened, your old area. But then Portland's going to fight because the Seahawks are going to say that's my territory, you know. San Antonio, they're you know they're going to have a problem if they go if uh, from Dallas and Houston.
3: Yeah, the problem with Portland is Paul Allen owns the Portland Trail Blazers and the and the Seahawks, so you know he doesn't want he doesn't want to split the market, and I get that. And and you're right, it would be hard, but there are other cities, like you know. Chicago and a few other places that are large enough that could probably support another team, but sure. I, I agree, it's probably not going to happen. St. Yeah. Louis, yeah, let's not go there.
1: <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> so, wow, that was harsh. St. Louis.
3: Hey, uh, I went. I went to games there where there were like three thousand people. So. Uh, let's let's not you're let's, gonna make you're gonna make the St. Louis fans upset. The, well, uh, it's 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 I'm not down I'm not saying anything bad about the St. Louis people. I'm just saying I went to games where there was like three thousand people there. My personal experience tells me that's just not gonna happen.
1: I think the in in cities, I'll say this in cities like St. Louis, San Diego. Those cities have other things going on. St. Louis is, is more of a baseball town, right? And so you need to have a particular brand to go with the NFL team to make it work. And for a long time, the Rams lost that brand there. And you go with San Diego. That's that sun, great alcohol, nice looking women, the, and the Navy's there. Okay can see where your mind's at. <laughs> well, I gotta be honest about that. So you have to that's California living right though, SoCal living. So you have to find a way to get in with that particular fan base. And, yeah. th- and then that to me is why in the end the the NFL has its work cut out for them in expansion, because the cities that are left out there, they're not just ready made fan bases.
3: Well, what you need is more rich people that don't want money from the cities that can afford to build stadiums, buy land, and do the whole gamut without having to you know, increase taxes and revenue and stuff through the cities. I mean, that's the big problem. That's where the problem was in San Diego.
1: But, there, but you're not going to see that much now because yeah. you have to be in a market for it. The L.A. market's worth it. The New York market's worth it. Other certain markets are worth it. Chicago market would be worth it. What other, market is, what other markets? What other markets in this country are worth it?
3: Well, you got your Texas market. There's a lot of money down there, and there's a lot of money down in Georgia, you know, in those areas. But I, I agree. I'm not saying it's something we should do or something that's going to happen. It's just I kind of feel like the NFL's done what they can do to establish the best possible scenario that they can. But I think they could tweak the preseason a little bit where it wasn't starters playing, maybe shorten it a little bit because of that, maybe go to three games instead of four. Uh, You know, if you figure out how much time the starters are getting on most teams right now in four preseason games, if you eliminated one game and made it a three season, three, three game preseason, then, you know, the guys are going to get about as much playing time as they would normally get anyways. And, you know, it would get us to football faster. So,
1: well, you do realize though, the Rams starters, they're the skill position starters will not play one minute this preseason. Right. that's, Insane to me. I have never seen that happen in the NFL. Well, yeah. new rules, man. New rules. Okay, folks, summer's almost over, but this is Southern California, which means the pool is open most of the year. At least I think it is. I mean, it was when I was there. If you are looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, check out Jayhawk Pool Plastering and Modeling at 4780 East Wesley Avenue in Anaheim, California. Jayhawk Pool Plastering and Modeling serves Orange County. In the Southland. They're also run by Jayhawk, the eldest son of former Ram John Hawk. He built this business on a mantra of fantastic results and amazing customer service. So just head on over to jayhawkpools.com and take a look at their work. You can see the quality of their finishes and the testimonies provided by past customers. If you're looking to remodel, resurface, or even put in a new pool, give Jayhawk a call at 714-695-0700. Again, that's 714-695-0700. You can also email them at info at jhawkpools.com Folks, we've already mentioned Jim Hawk before, his family. They're all part of the ramley. It's a great opportunity to support our podcast and help out fellow members of this ramley. If you live in the area and you need work done or want to put in a pool, give Jayhawk Pool Plaster a call. Finally, we're also looking for sponsors for the 2018 NFL season. We have three great shows that we're putting together now. This is an opportunity that... To get yourself some cheap advertising. And also partner with us to help grow this Rams fan base. Our numbers are growing like crazy. Come in now. Get in early. Save some money. Reach out to us at RamsTalk1945 or leave us an email at 657-666-5453. We do have a media kit ready to get out to you. And. We it's hope It's to...
3: 1945 at gmail.com. You keep forgetting to say gmail.com. Yeah, it's, so. a, it's a Gmail pro. Uh, <laughs> oh, I
1: had a special boy moment. Okay, folks, we're getting ready to close up shop. We do have one mailbag question for you today. It's actually, I think, a pretty solid one because we've heard this name mentioned. Luis Perez, this is from Harold Toomey, Uncle Howie, sorry, at Uncle Howie123 on Twitter. He asks Are we ever going to see Luis Perez play? He may be a hidden gem. Um, do you want to go first?
3: Sure. I think we'll see him next week. Uh, if we don't, I think uh, there's something going on there that we don't know about. I thought we would have saw him beforehand. I, I'd i like to see him on the field and see what he can do. So I would think that if he's going to have an opportunity, uh, this next week is is it. And, and usually – when you have guys that you're really wanting to take a look at before the preseason's over and you haven't had much of a chance, the, the fourth game of the preseason's the time to do it. So I would expect to see him on the field next week.
1: Well, we're having our first cuts this week here in the next couple of days. So I would say, considering he hasn't played yet at all, and the Rams are going to make decisions on those roster spots, I do expect him to play. I think he'll make the first cut, if only to have a quarterback on the field come this fourth game. And uh, you're right. He may be a hidden gem, Harold. He may be, but unfortunately, we don't know because we haven't seen him play. <laughs> Only the folks in camp have seen him play, and um, it's disappointing. I wanted to see him earlier than this. I know, I know you did too. Yeah. So, here's hoping. Fingers crossed. I do want to see him out there. Nice guy, from what we know. Tell and our best, our best wishes to him. At the very least, I hope he can make the practice squad if anything else. Okay, so we are heading. We're about head, ready to head out of here. We do need to talk a little bit about a trivia game here.
3: Our weekly well, trivia. Before you do that, um, not that we want to give it much time because we've talked about it and beat it up over, over all the months, uh, you know, prior to the preseason. But uh, Turf Show Times did report today that Aaron Donald and the Rams are really close. Uh, numbers are supposed to be 22 million a year and about 80 million guaranteed. So we just heard that from them. Uh, Don't know, you know, if it's worthy of mentioning or not, but feel like we should because it's Rams news. So we're just putting it out there. Hopefully, hopefully it is true. It's about the numbers that you and I had talked about Mm -hmm. and and hopefully it gets done, but uh, we'll see if we'll see how it works out.
1: And just to clarify, it's, um, turf show came out with, follow that off of um, from Pro Football Talk and Mike Flory over there take that as you wish the numbers in there seem more realistic to me previous reports uh, from downtown Rams and so on and so forth had it at 24 million and I forget the the guaranteed number but wasn't it like 70 six, it 60, was six, 60 something I think okay this one, the report is more along the lines of ra- around $22 million a year, which is more more in line with what Norm and I both thought would be. And then 80 guaranteed. I think that makes a lot more sense for what you're looking for. So I think uh, this, this report may be more accurate coming from Pro Football Talk. Okay. okay. So hopefully next podcast we're talking about Aaron Donald being signed because Lord knows I like this done. Before we go, there's a trivia question for the week. Also, you, to answer this question, email me the answer at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com uh, <laughs> to be entered to win a copy of Hollywood's team by Jim Hawk. Also, our winner last week is Eric Gomez from Salinas, California. Congratulations, bud. I hope you enjoyed the book. Okay. Oh, by the way, the answer for that was a 1955 NFL championship game. The Browns. The Browns beat the Rams 38-14. to 14. Very sad. So last championship game they went to for a very long time. This week's question. Who was the LA Rams first pick in the 1959 NFL draft and what college did he go to? Sounds good. Do you know the answer? I do. Outstanding. Okay. Folks, that's it. That's a wrap for us. We'll be back later this week to do the post game on the Saints and Rams. Uh, in the meantime, look for our shows from uh, from Steve and Johnny at Butting Heads, and of course the new guys, Jay and j Rob, Justin and, and Jordan. These guys are pretty cool guys, so check out their shows as well. I think you need to take the ing out of Butting Heads, so. though. <laughs> Those guys might not like that too much. Uh, and by the way, you guys have been uh, our listeners have been outstanding. I was concerned about uh, numbers dropping a little bit, having adding more shows. You guys have been every day coming in there and checking out our shows uh, thank you so much for your continued support and we love you guys we just appreciate the fact that you trust us to bring you good content we appreciate you for sure so don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Talk. also you can find me on Twitter at DC Apology you can find Norm at Norm Hightower when he logs in once every four months and don't forget us on iTunes and all those other outlets out there especially our request this week is if you do listen to us on ibeat radio email us and let us know we really like to get some feedback from you and and just let us know you're out there all right so <laughs> for norm he's just giving me a look right now i'm waiting for the middle finger to flash for norm this is derek c paul we'll see you post game saints adios